Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball (laughs) Show. Let's go. I just saw your image that you sent us, and it's freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. Why did I wait before the show to look at this way you sent me? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, joined by Doc, Little Cheesecake, and Marty Party. Fellas, back after a week of not recording with one another, and some of us talked in person before then and others we are now seeing back on camera for the first time how are y'all doing tonight doing great d mendy good to see you guys good to be chatting with you guys again yeah Art, what happened to the doom doctor where's the doom doctor this week i kicked him out he couldn't stay here anymore that that dude puts his shoes on the couch all the time <laughs> so there will be no more doom doctor i kind of was hoping he'd make an appearance every once in a while uh, I mean, he's got to get better manners. The dude is, <laughs> the dude has not been taught well. <laughs> I feel like he's your alter ego, and uh, it's like the dark side of art that nobody gets to see. But <laughs> uh, for those that uh, this is our first podcast after first pitch Arizona, we did a bonus podcast that you guys should have heard the week before in terms of. Just our overall experience being at FPAS, the Arizona Fall League, and all that. So if you haven't heard that episode and you want to hear that, obviously you're watching live on YouTube. Uh, we just recorded it, and we're putting that out tomorrow, and this episode's going out next week. So for those live, that uh, sorry that, that you're, it's confusing, but uh, you'll hear both of those soon enough. <laughs> and Joe says, oh, our can get much darker than that. I, I wouldn't doubt it, Joe. I would not doubt it. Uh, Marty Party, you are back in Detroit, and uh, how are you feeling about some dynasty talk tonight? You feel ready? I am. I'm feeling ready after all of the uh, first pitch Arizona, um, uh, different uh, things that we saw and everything like that. Um, but honestly, I'm nervous because I got I hung out with you all weekend, and now you're sick, and now I'm worried about being sick, and so that's going to ruin my whole night. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, we found <laughs> out about each other that you overthink <laughs> if you're sick or not, and I shouldn't have said that to you because you didn't think you were prior, right? Well, when I was listening to uh, the CBS podcast with Frank and the Welsh, the Welsh was talking about how, how he was sick. So it was already in the back of my mind that I was going to get sick, and now you've just solidified it. So I won't be sleeping this evening. Thank you very much. Just, um, yeah, if, you, if you're having trouble thinking, just think of us. Think of all the good times you had. It's all worth it, right? I hope so. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> Doc, how was the basketball game in Phoenix, and how is it now that you're back home? I mean, they're back home. Saw a Jeremy Grant game winner, but you know, enough dilly dallying. Let's talk some dynasty baseball. God, you've been just delaying everything tonight. You do, or you were just trying to giddy up everything tonight. But we were trying to hang we're, out and have a vibe. Four minutes in, the people come to listen to dynasty baseball, baby. All right. Well, we are talking about dynasty fantasy baseball tonight. We're continuing our series, and we're talking about the AL East, the powerhouse division that has all five teams amazingly competitive now. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was seeing five teams in the division, all five being competitive. The Orioles, which I believe finished in fourth last season. I have to double check. I think the Red Sox were in fifth. But 
you already know the Red Sox are always going to be back and competing, and the Orioles could be a dark horse to win. Yeah, they were fourth. Yeah, the whole division. Okay, thank you, uh, Marty. Uh, then they could win the division next year, and I don't think it would shock anybody. So it's going to be really fun talking about their best dynasty assets. And for those that are just starting to tune into this series, keep in mind we have, of course, very good young prospects. Uh, in all of their systems, but we leave the prospect talk to our call-up show so we don't crisscross wires here, and we keep this dynasty discussion for players that are typically right now in the major leagues, and there are three best dynasty assets for every single team here. So without further ado, let's kick things off, and let's go to Doc first. Let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles. Give us one dynasty asset that they have right now and just your overall thoughts in terms of what we can expect from them going forward, trade value, all that type of stuff. Yeah, so we look, the first guy we're going to talk about is Adley Rutschman, uh, regarded as probably the top catching prospect and, and probably one of the top overall prospects, even though he debuted. May 21st, David and I actually went to his debut where he went one for four with a triple. Um, but looking at his 2022 season, he's 24 years old, a 255, 362, 445 triple slash. He had 13 homers, 42 RBIs, four stolen bases in 113 games. Uh, actually started out cold, didn't get a single first RB or didn't get a single RBI until his 21st game, but then really heated up. And for the dynasty value, you're holding him. You're obviously not going to sell Adley unless you get a King's ransom. I always say that a player is available for the right price if somebody wants to overpay. But I don't think that you're wanting to buy him also. This is probably the highest his value will be. The Orioles did finish out the season fairly hot, even though they missed out on the playoffs. Um, I would say I'm not going to list trade candidates because you're probably not putting him on the block. If somebody was to approach you with an offer, maybe you counter. But if you have him, you feel pretty good. The Orioles have a really good young hitting team. I know that they moved the left field fence back, so that's going to take away some potential power. But they also don't face the AL East as much as they did, and that's kind of seemed to be their Achilles heel over the years. They can't seem to beat the Yankees. They really can't beat the Blue Jays in any capacity. So hopefully, you know, facing those opponents less will bode well for the hitters. Yeah, Adley Rutschman right now is one of the uh, top prospects in baseball. He's not even a prospect anymore. He's in the big leagues and he's delivered really much on his first season. I, I think you saw the obviously control of the strike zone. He's a good defensive catcher. He should be a staple for them for a long time. And uh, just hope, I, I, you just hope he doesn't go the Matt Weeders route. Just wanted to, yeah, well, let's hope not. I want to shout out our guy Jasper checking in. What's up, Jasper? And um, he's got a guy that he put in the chat that I hope you have on your list, Doc. Because he definitely is somebody I think. Should be oh, of course. Not. Um, but yeah, no, I think Rushman was one of the easiest calls of anybody that we've had on this series, and if you have him, you're very excited. LC, let's go to you next, and let's talk about your guys, who I believe you are doing the. Uh, hold on, the no, you're not doing Toronto. Marty's doing Toronto. You are doing the Red Sox. So go That's ahead right. and tell us about um, your first Red Sox player. Well, I I do want just to start off. I want to I want to um, mention who who looks like it's going to be in the Red Sox rotation, and your claim that they there are five teams that are might be competing this year, and uh, the rotation has Chris Sale, uh, James Paxton, Nick Pavetta, <laughs> Garrett Whitlock, Garrett Whitlock, and Brian Bello, who I want to talk about today. 
So Bello <laughs> is probably the brightest shining light in that in that rotation, and uh, he's 23 and has maybe half of the season under his belt right now. Uh, but what you can say for Bello as a dynasty prospect, and I think this can't be underscored, is that he has a four pitch mix. All of those pitches, uh, he throws at least 18 percent of the time. This is a person who's you're not thinking. Will he stick in the rotation? This is a starting pitcher. This is a rotation piece. Um, this is not someone who you're wondering if he's going to, to, to be in the rotation. I thought it was a really interesting thing a few weeks ago. Red Sox reliever. Well, actually last week, Red Sox reliever Zach Kelly was interviewed and, um, he compared watching Bellow pitch to when he watched, uh, bruised dog Gratterall as far as arm talent. And, and when you're, when those two are like, neck and neck for arm talent. It kind of just shows you the, the talent that, that Bellow has because Gratterall can't, you know, is a reliever, but the arm talent is clearly there and Bellow impresses you the same, impresses Kelly the same way. Um, I think that if you're looking to trade him, if you're looking to trade him as like someone who's trying to rebuild, a really good idea for that I think is like to go for a, a, a veteran relief pitcher but a very good one. Someone, someone like <clears throat> Kenley Jansen or Ryan Helsley or something like that. 23 year old Bellow. He's, he's, he's got a bright future. I think he still has to put it together. He still has to bring down his walks. He still has to learn how to strike out major leaguers. His, his strikeout rate dropped dramatically when he came to the big leagues. But I think that he has a good future in the big leagues. But I also think that his value right now is such that he could get you, he could get you a closer and, and, or a power bat, say, that's not, that, that provides you one category, like a power, um, bat, if you're looking to compete now. Yeah. Brian Bayo is a very interesting young player in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, was, I said it wrong. I was saying Bello. <laughs> that's okay. I'm here to pick you up, Art. No worries. Uh, yeah, Brian Bayo is a very interesting young player. The strikeout upside is immense, and obviously he got his taste of the big leagues last year. He'll be someone right now in drafts. People, if they didn't know last year, they're going to know more this year. And he should have a shot to stay in that rotation. But like you mentioned there's so much uncertainty right now. So he should have a chance to stick if he can deliver. Um, so he's, he's kind of an interesting guy to talk about here, but probably the youngest, most interesting guy on this major league roster right now. Um, so I like where you're going in terms of the trade value with that. Marty, you had the Blue Jays, and they have young talent everywhere you Stacked. Want. Yeah, so it's like, which three did you want to talk about? Because you're going to be leaving some out, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these, this, I mean, if you're a, a Blue Jays fan right now, this is the time. You know, I mean, they have nothing but talent. It's all, it's very young, all these players. So the, the, uh, the front office is going to have some big decisions coming up here with extensions and what they're going to do. So we're going to start with Bo Bichette, a 24 year old shortstop for the Blue Jays. Uh, after, uh, he had a tough beginning to a season last year. Um, but, um, in the second half, he bounced back. He reconfigured his swing, which was actually one of the panels that we saw at uh, First Pitch Arizona. They talked about him working on a swing and kind of like completely redoing it in the middle of the season. So, um, after the all-star game, he batted 337 with 10 home runs and six stolen bases along with 23 doubles. So helping you out in Roto and points leagues on the year, he finished with 91 runs, 24 home runs, 93 RBI, 13 stolen bases, uh, with a slash line of 290, 333, 469. 
His expecting batting average was in the 92nd percentile. His max exit velocity was in the 85th percentile, and he consistently crushes the ball, 94th percentile and hard hit rate. So all of that looks amazing. Um, overall, he's my second-ranked shortstop in Dynasty, just behind Fernando Tatis Jr. So for me, it doesn't really matter if you're contending or you're rebuilding. Unless you get an insane, massive haul for Bichette, I, you have to hold him. You know, like he's only 24. He shows all the signs of being an elite hitter for years to come. The Blue Jays have three years left of uh, team control on him. So he's going to be in that lineup for the foreseeable future. Uh, now, there's the only thing that could change is there's some rubblings that they may turn Bo Bichette into a second <coughs> baseman since he has struggled so bad at shortstop. You know, their goal is just to get him to be a league average shortstop, but he is far below that. So he may at some point be uh, moved over to second. Now, Bichette doesn't want to be a second baseman. He's made it very clear he wants to be a shortstop. So he may, they, he may actually leave the Blue Jays if they try to move him to second base. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out over the next uh, year or so. Um, but let's say if he does get moved to second base, I think that would be even better for his fantasy value. You know, second base is always super shallow, especially con- uh, compared to shortstop. So uh, it's a possible possibility that he rolls over there. Now, like I said, it's going to be hard to trade this guy. But if you were going to, um, and you needed pitching in, in, in a win-now situation and for the foreseeable future. I'm shooting for Corbin Burns, you know, Shane McClanahan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even probably ask for, you know, maybe a Corbin Burns with an Andres Jimenez. You know, I, I would like that that one-two punch. That's the only way I'm giving up Bo. You're going you're gonna to need a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of touched on it in the sense that in dynasty leagues, usually hitters are a lot more valuable than pitchers. And just because the longevity a hitter has is usually the case, it's going to have a lot more of uh, consistency than a pitcher will with all the injuries that pitchers go through. And so if you're going to trade someone like Bo Bichette, who's probably somewhere near a consensus top 15 player in Dynasty right mm-hmm. now, um, yep. you need to get an elite pitcher and then you need something else back with that. Like I, I wouldn't even take a one for one pitcher swap with him. You need to give me the top pitcher out there right now and you need to give me a position player to boot because if you're giving up this type of of player that should be giving you 10 plus more years of solid production, then yeah, you need to have other stuff thrown in. So I, I like that call with that, Marty. And um, Jasper says, Toronto's going to be on my roster a lot in 23. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, my first player I'm going to talk about, Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. I think the dynasty assets for the Rays on their major league roster were pretty easy for me that there's three guys. Shane McClanahan, we know his numbers, a 2.54 ERA, 194 strikeouts, and 166.1 innings, 12 wins. But I'll tell you this, uh, I believe it was Jason Collette that turned me on to, did you guys realize how severe his splits were last season between the first half and the second half? I know, it was bad. So I didn't even think about it. And then when Collette brought it to my attention, so pre-All-Star break, he had a 171 ERA, 10 wins. Post All Star break, two wins, a 4.20 ERA, completely different pitcher. Obviously, we know he was hurt, and he obviously had some trouble, uh, you know, building and ramping himself back up. But Colette also talked about that just he seemed like a, a just a different pitcher on the mound. Like take the injuries aside, just wasn't pitching the same way he was in the beginning of the season. And I think early on when we saw his success pre All Star break, we were already appointing him as the number three guy behind Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole. Uh, but if you look right now, I mean, this is redraft, but if you look right now for on the NFBC ADP, there's 17 drafts that's been done so far. 
They have him as SP5 behind the two I mentioned, Sandy Alcantara and Dylan, or I'm sorry, six. Sandy Alcantara, Dylan Cease, and Brandon Woodruff are all ranked ahead of him. Uh, so he's the SP6 going right now in redraft. And my question to you guys is, this the highest value Shane McClanahan has right now? Or yes. is there another gear where he goes higher than he is now? I think his highest trade value already passed, but I think you could still get some value for him. I mean, it we've seen pitchers that have had, you know, really good years and then, you know, kind of level off. There's and and granted, David, I know I'm not as plugged into the dynasty world as as you have, but I mean that's pretty alarming to see half a season. I mean, we've seen, you know, most notably Jack Flaherty had a sub ERA, sub one ERA for the second half of twenty nineteen, and then he hasn't been the same pitcher since. And if you had sold him at that point, you would have gotten peak value for it. So I think if you're contending, you keep him. But if not, you try to get as much value as you can. Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty much, if you wanted to, to look at the split more closely, it was 110.2 innings in the first half, 55.2 innings in the second half. So pretty much like two first two-thirds of the season were good. Last third was bad. But you mentioned Jack Flaherty. Had an amazing yeah. stretch and then never looked like the same pitcher ever again. Obviously, injuries played a part. Uh, he had one pitch that he went to. Shane McClanahan right now uh, is a guy that has two pretty good pitches. Uh, I know the third one is kind of hit or miss right now. Um, but you have to wonder, is this if you have Shane McClanahan, are you going to try to trade him now? Or you're like, you know what? I've got arguably one of the top dynasty pitchers out there unless you blow me away with an offer. Uh, he's one of my building blocks. He's very young. I believe he's like 23 or 24. I'm going to double check that. Yeah, yeah he's 25. Or 25. So um, I don't know. If you look at his stat cast page, you need sunglasses because there's a lot of red coming from there. Uh, I think I'm holding. And I think he's somebody that if I have him in Dynasty and I have him in two Dynasty leagues, I- I'm okay. I- I'm very happy. And I know that Maybe he's not the one seven one ERA pitcher, but he's not the four twenty ERA pitcher. Maybe he's like a high twos, low three, and uh, gives you two hundred strikeouts in, in uh, a season, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Last thing I'll add is just the team philosophy of Tampa Bay. They're not going to let him now. They're they're concerned, so I don't see him going over 140, 150 innings. I see them curbing him, you know, five innings probably the first couple months of the season, and then letting him ramp up, you know, towards the end. So uh, that's just another thing to keep in the back of your mind. Well, he did go I think, 166 innings last year. And look what happened. Yeah. I think that the only reason he's not higher is because he's only done it once. Mm-hmm. So if he does it twice, then he'll be two, top two or three. You know, that's, that's the, the you got to prove it to be like Garrett Cole wasn't like the top pitcher the fir- after his first great season. He was at the top pitcher after his second great season. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good so, point. Now, I ask you guys really quick, and then we'll hop off of this. Where would you take Shane McClanahan right now in terms of would you take him third behind Woodruff? Or I'm sorry, behind uh, Burns and Cole? Or for, you, for redraft or dynasty? Well, let, let me ask you first. Yeah, redraft, right now where he's ranked, is that too low? And then in dynasty, where would you have him in terms of pitchers? I... I don't think I would take him top 10 in redraft and he would probably be maybe eight or nine in dynasty. I mean, wouldn't Marty talked about, wouldn't Marty had talked about the usage? Like you worry about that. Tyler John, Tyler Glass now just had Tommy John surgery. You don't think they're going to be more conservative with their pitchers? Oh, and you're really low on him. That's I am. 
Well, Glass Marty, now even you? said it that he he's not going over 140 this year. The Rays have pretty much already told him that 140 is the cap. So yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, with McClanahan, I'm I'm not that high on him. You know, I'd rather have I'd rather have Burns. I'd rather have Cole. Um, I'd rather have Sandy. Would you rather um, have Cease? Yes. I would rather have Dylan Cease. Yes, I what would. What about Woodruff? No. Yes. Yep. For for a redraft, yes. Okay, now, so you're, do you think six is a good spot for him? I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Art? Um, I'd probably take him over Cease, but uh, other people, the other people I'd have ahead of him. And would you take Verlander? I, 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 I might, I might take Gallon over McClanahan too. Interesting. Spicy. I, I, I really like. You guys are really low on him this year. I know this is a dynasty episode, but if I'm no, drafting together, I'll, I'll take all the shame. McClanahan. I mean, That's I fine. like. I mean, I haven't really done my pitcher rankings. I really like Gallon coming into this season. So this next season he might be an ace on a couple of my squads so take this from the shane mcclanahan discussion i value him as a top three pitcher in dynasty i think for the most part sounds like you guys are out on that unless i'm no no in dynasty for sure i top three yeah for sure yeah doc is is, no marty your top three let's see i have him as my uh second dynasty pitcher behind corbin burns okay so your top three as well so it sounds like Redraft, I'm highest on him. Dynasty, we're mostly in lockstep. He's a top three except for Doc. All right, let's leave that there. And we're going to do the Yankees at the end because we don't have a fifth person, so we're going to combine that with all of us. So, Doc, let's go back to you for the Orioles. Give me your second player. Yeah, so we're going to leave Cedric Mullins for last, but we're going to talk about someone that's a little bit under the radar, in my opinion, and that's Gunnar Henderson. So be interesting to see his eligibility for next year. He played majority at third base, but he also played some second and short. He was 21 last year. He's going to be 21 when the season starts. I believe he turns 22 in June. He put up a 259, 348, 440 triple slash with four homers, 18 RBIs, one stolen base in 34 games in the majors. Remember, he did hit a home run his opening day against the Guardians where his helmet flew off. I'm going to say his dynasty value. If you have him, you're holding. But if not, you're trying to buy low. And these are the reasons why. When you think about the dynasty's prospects for the Orioles, you think about Grayson Rodriguez. You think about Adley Rushman. Adley's 24. Grayson Roder- or Gunnar Henderson is 21, so he's actually younger. Now, he stole one base in the majors, but he had 23 in total in 2022 across the three levels, double-A, triple-A home runs. His sprint speed is in the 91st percentile, and especially if they increase the base size next year, I think he could be really aggressive on the base pass. The O's are one of the more aggressive teams. Cedric Mullins with 30 stolen bases. Jorge Mateo had, I believe, close to 30 as well. He's cut his K rate down. He has a good walk rate. It was 12% in the majors. Um, his hard hit percentage was 53.7% last year. I think this is a guy that's flying under the radar just because of the other star power on the Orioles. So if you don't have him, these are some players I'm okay giving up. And this is assuming that you're not contending this year, but I'd give up George Springer for him straight up one for one. I'd give up Starling Marte for him. I'd give up you Darvish if you're not contending this year. I'd give up you Darvish for him. And I would, if you can get Gunner plus somebody else, I would be okay trading Ozzy Albies for him. I wonder how Albies is going to bounce back from his injuries. Um, a broken foot, a broken wrist. You wonder if he's going to be as aggressive just having an injury plagued year. And if he's not as aggressive on the base pass, that significantly uh, dings his roto value. So all of that being said, I think you should try and target Gunner Henderson if available. 
mean, he's one of the top five prospects in baseball this year before he was called up towards the end of the season. Four home runs, 18 RBIs, a 259 average, and 116 played or 116 at bats. And um, you'd expect that he's going to be a main cog of this up and coming Orioles team. I do think uh, he's going to hit second. So a guy hitting at the top of the order of a guy that's going to have a lot of studs. There's a lot to like in his profile. Obviously, he runs a lot too. And I think the only reason he didn't play more at the end of the season, even though he did struggle a little bit against lefties, I think that was the reason was because they didn't want him to qualify or lose the qualifying for rookie next year. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure his at-bats were under there. Uh, but I, <laughs> I just saw the comment. I know Marty just saw it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I figured the twenty five twenty six was McClanahan, uh, Jasper, but Doc says, "Where is the Doom Doctor?" <laughs> Apparently, Art kicked him out. He said his, he brought his shoes on the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really yeah. quick on Gunnar Henderson, um, he went sixth round in the AFL draft and hold that we were in. So for redraft, he's he's you know he's not going unnoticed. That's for sure. And these are just. Uh, I just pulled up the first rankings I could find. These were from Fantasy Alarms rankings. And they have Gunnar Henderson here for Dynasty at number 46. And that's with him playing a little bit of the season. In terms only of 21. That's crazy. So there's 46 on Fantasy Alarm. And Fantrax, he's 49. So those are two established sites rankings for him. Uh, both have him in the high 40s. So for a guy that's barely played at all the major league level, that's all you need to know in terms of Dynasty where... People are valuing him right now. Like <laughs> the Doom Doctor is winning Senate seats. I miss the Doom Doctor. We need to have a fifth panel for him. Can you like multiply yourself to to two people, Art? Uh, I'll uh, say, I I really don't want to ask him to come back, but I I will <laughs> I will. Um, where do you rank Gunner among shortstops? That's an interesting question. So where I would have him right now, I'm going to pull up the list and I'll tell you where I would rank him over. And this is, we'll say in terms of dynasty, right? Was what was the dynasty episode? Uh, Trey Turner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bobby Witt. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bo Bichette. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Francisco Lindor. Yes. 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 Dansby Swatson, yes? No. That's a good one. Uh, he he could have just had his best season. I'm going to go, yeah, I'll go with Gunner. I think that's okay. fine. So we'll still get five. It's close, though. Yeah. O'Neill Cruz? Yes. No. I have Gunner above. Gunner above O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill okay. Cruz, baby. Give me him. Five slash six. Corey Seeger? No. No. I'd rather have uh, Gunner. How old is Seeger? Third. Uh, let me get you 28? 27 or 28? Yeah. He I is would. 28 and a half, so it'll be 29 yeah. when the season starts. I'll, I'll take Gunner. Yeah. Okay. And we're talking about if you're starting a dynasty league today yeah. and you're drafting. Yeah. You know. yeah. Tim Anderson? I got Gunner. Gun- I want Gunner for sure. Yeah. Okay. Gunner. Wander Franco? Wander. Whoa. Mm. Wander, but it's close. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll Wander. take Gunner. I think I'll take Gunner. I'll take Wander. I'm that one's close. Um, a couple more. Xander Bogarts, Gunner, Gunner. But if if I'm contending, I want Bogarts the next year. Yeah, yeah. Anders yeah. thirty, so I'm going Gunner. Last yeah. one, Jeremy Pena, Gunner, Gunner. Okay, so I guess 
in like seven, seven, eight consensus. Probably, yeah, probably somewhere in the latter half of the top ten is, I think, where we all are somewhat settled in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dynasty. So, uh, yeah, that's good talk, though. Good had question a, there, Mike. In a tough position. Yeah. Yeah. He's a stacked position. That's why he's <clears throat> slipped so far down. And again, the two dynasty lists I pulled up on, you know, just from Fantasy Alarm and Fan Tracks, he's in the high 40s overall. So that kind of, I think, settles into right around that ranking in that. Yeah, level. that's right. That's right about there. So, Art, now let's go back to the Red Sox. Give us your second player. I want to talk about Tristan Casas, the, uh, the first baseman, um, looking to be a, uh, a potential uh, full-time piece in the Boston lineup in 2023. Uh, right now, Eric Hosmer just uh, just uh, picked up a three-year, $39 million option. Good for him. So, uh, yeah, good for him. He's going to provide a lot of leadership to that Boston team. But uh, <laughs> but he's also – I mean, I, I, th- I don't think that it's going to stop Casas from getting uh, plate appearances. but. Um, uh, because Casas will probably just DH if, if Hosmer holds down the fort. Now, uh, Casas right now, he's, um, he's, he's was supposed to pick up some time in the winter league this year because he missed a lot of development time due to injury this, this season. Injured again in the winter league, knee injury. Doesn't look like it's going to keep him from playing at all next season. Though. No structural damage. No worries about that. Um, but, uh, but, um, you know, he had some, uh, he had some, a stretch in the, in the bigs this season, hit 197. One thing that you love for him, especially if you're in an OBP league, the guy has a great batting eye, was a 20% walk rate in his major league, short major league cup of coffee, over 15%, pretty much every stop in the minors. Um, maybe a little bit too patient in his time in the big leagues, may have to get a little bit more aggressive. His, uh, uh, one thing that he also, you have to watch for, he has great power, doesn't elevate the ball enough. So he's not going to tap into all of that power potential unless he starts to elevate the ball. Um, there's very few hitters that can have fantastic home run production without having a great launch angle. And his launch angle was 2.2 degrees in that small, uh, sample of, of 2022. Um, one thing that you look, that looks good for him, his sort of pitch selection, um, his pitch selection, uh, profile is very, uh, very, there are only two hitters whose pitch selection profile is like his. Those are Juan Soto and Max Muncy. He, he doesn't swing, he doesn't chase, and he doesn't, uh, swing a lot. And what, what does he need? He needs to hit for more power. So he's probably going to have like a two under 250 batting average, 20 plus home runs. But if he picks up his launch angle, this is a guy who has 30 home run power in his bat. Um, trade, if you're going to trade him, I think that he has a lot of uh, trade value right now. He's 23 <laughs> next year. Uh, he's going to get full-time plate appearances with that power, with that batting eye. I think that you could be looking at um, potentially like a 30-year-old Kyle Schwarber as like a win-now bat. Uh, if you're looking for a pitcher, you know, mm, I, I'm not sure exactly uh, pitcher, but there's definitely some good value. Um, I think the fan tracks list, 
he was in the top 150 among all prospects. So that's, that's pretty darn good. Um, there's a lot of good value in that, in that range. Um, but if you're in an OBP league, I think you have to hold him because he's so good. Uh, and OBP is 15 to 20% walk rate is really going to be valuable in your OBP league. If you can hit 250 with that walk rate, his OBP is going to be well above 350. His OBP this year in the major leagues was 350 and he hit 200. So, um, so I, I, I like him. I like him. Um, I think that, uh, I think that there is some, some that he's going to have to, develop a little bit more to, to tap into that power. But uh, I do think that he has a pretty good future. Well, just so we don't keep this episode for two hours long, uh, we'll just great analysis done on Tristan Casas, but let's move on to Marty. Let's talk about the blue Jays and the second stud that you want to talk about. Subtle dick and art. No, I just say <laughs> if I'd start adding commentary to every single one, we'll be here all night. <laughs> This one's easy. I mean, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, 23-year-old first baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, there's like this weird consensus that like Vlad had a down year last year. I mean, he batted 274 with a 339 OBP. He still hit you 32 home runs, 97 RBI, 90 runs, eight stolen bases. Sneaky amount of stolen bases there. So, uh, we. We know he crushes the ball, 99th percentile in max exit velocity, 81st percentile in K percentage, so he doesn't strike out a lot. His expecting batting average is in the 89th percentile. Uh, similar to Bichette, he has three years of team control left. So, like I said before, the Blue Jays are going to have to make some big decisions. They're going to be paying these guys a lot of money. Um, you know, he's one of the youngest and one of the biggest stars in baseball. Uh, top 10 dynasty asset across the board, no matter what list you're really looking at. Um whether you're uh, rebuilding or you're contending, unless you get like a Michael Corleone, you know, make an offer I can't refuse kind of thing, you got to hold them. Uh, what that would kind of look like, let me know what you guys think here. What about a combination? Let's say if you're looking to win now, and this still, I probably wouldn't move them, but like Garrett Cole and Francisco Lindor? Would, would you do that? that? I would do that. Okay. Um, I'm trying, what about yeah. like a Brandon Woodruff and Pete Alonzo? Yes, I'll do that. That's a better package. Okay. okay, so I mean, but that's how. Who's going to give you that though? You know what I mean? Like you're asking a lot. So, one, yeah, yeah, he's essentially unmovable. Um, you know, three years down the road, he could be even better than he is now. So, uh, just an absolute stud all across the board. Yeah, now that he did it back to back years, obviously a little bit worse than he was two years ago, but he still showed you he turned a corner. He's not the same player he was originally when he first got called up. All the promise we've seen in the last couple of years, he's he plays a position that ages pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that no was reason. the that was the 2020 shortened year where they played half the games in Buffalo and Florida, mm-hmm. right? So I think this is where he, I think this is what he is. You know, two seventy five, two eighty hitter hitting you thirty home runs, getting you close to hundred RBIs, hundred um, you know hundred runs, which is. Do you need more than that? You know, like he's, he's falling down people's lists and it's just, he's, he's a stud. Yeah. I'll take him anytime. Um, next player that I'll talk about on my list is let's talk about, which one do I talk about first? Let's talk about Wander Franco, who honestly, when we say that he might have been not his fault, but maybe arguably the biggest disappointment last year in terms of what we were expecting and what actually ended up happening. Uh, Finished the year with Giolito. 
I said arguably, so that's a good, good point. He only played, I guess you could say he played roughly half the season, 344 plate appearances, six home runs, 33 RBIs, eight stolen bases, hit 277, 328 OBP, 417 slug. Uh, I think people were hoping for more power from him. It seems like that, at least right now, that's not in his profile. He's not stealing a ton of bases. Maybe you're hopeful, like obviously it could change this year, but uh, you were kind of hoping maybe he would have 20 plus. And right now it seems like 10 to 15 might be where he's settling in. He's still an amazingly good contact hitter. He's in the top 98 percentile in terms of whiff percentage, uh, not top 99 percentile in terms of K percentage. I guess I should say the, the top one percentile and the top two percentile. Uh, still it's the ball extremely hard in the top 15% in max EV. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot to like in his profile, but we just read where he's being ranked right now in redraft. And it's pretty crazy because this was the guy that was the no doubt about it. Number one prospect in all of baseball and was going in like the fourth or fifth round last year in drafts. And now he's kind of like, seems like old news. And, and that's kind of the crazy thing for me. So I think if you're in a dynasty league, I might be trying to buy him right now. I think this might be the lowest you ever get him because I think, again, maybe he's not a flat out cold superstar that puts people in the seats, but I think he's a really productive player that you probably with his, how much he was hurt last year, you forgot how solid of a player he is. And I think in dynasty leagues, this is going to be the best time possible to pounce on that. He signed Um, like a 12 year extension. So like the Rays locked him up early. Like he, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, a J-Rod, Bobby Witt come up and they recency bias plays a factor, but you forget that Wander Franco is still in his young 20s. That's right. Um, if I was looking for a pitcher to potentially trade him for uh, at this point, like, a, again, like a Shane McClanahan, I would want a good young starting pitcher that has plenty of years. If you can't get him, maybe you, you go a tier down and you go to like, you know, a Dylan Cease or you go, even if you're looking a little bit more down, Someone like an Alec Manoa, I would maybe like look at as well. Someone I, that I would need a good, young, controllable starting pitcher if I was going to go that route. But I would most likely just keep him unless I was overwhelmed by an offer, which you might not be getting this offseason. Uh, so, Wander Franco, at the end of the day, if you have him, hold. If you don't have him, try to see if you can get uh, a low ball offer in for him and see if you can get him because this is probably the lowest his value will be in Dynasty. And I, I do want to add, and you guys can tell me if I'm off base on this, because I, I try not to put too much stock into this, but like, you know, he showed up the rookie ball with like a blinged out uh, BMW with $20,000 of um, diamonds on his steering wheel. Oh, you know? gosh, that's Yoan Moncada vibes. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that doesn't, he likes flashy things. He likes nice stuff. That's perfectly fine. But, you know, when I, when I think of that, it's kind of like, you know, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is a little bit in this ballpark where you have everything you need. Baseball maybe isn't his number one priority. And I don't know, I don't know him personally, obviously. And I don't even know if that really matters, but he comes into, you know, he came into the year a little bit out of shape more than we thought he'd be. His OPP has gone down. We thought he had one of the best eyes in baseball and kind of just seeing, you know, swinging, you know, just, kind of freely so he's still a super young dude to completely turn around but it's just something in the back of my mind yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about that um but it's true like it's a data point like when we're making these decisions we have to like take in like all these things and then like go all right what does it mean and uh it's a data point that you have to factor in yeah for sure 
Um, good point with that. You got to look at all the data when making your decisions, especially in uh, long-termly like Dynasty. Let's go through our last players, and then we'll touch on the Yankees. So, Doc, give us your last player, maybe a Cliff Notes E type version. Yeah. So, talking about Cedric Mullins here, outfielder <laughs> for the Orioles, was twenty twenty or was twenty seven during the twenty twenty two year. Turned twenty eight in October. Two fifty eight, three eighteen, four hundred three triple slash, sixteen homers, sixty four RBIs. 34 stolen bases in 156 games. Uh, for his dynasty value, I'm going to say you either hold or you gauge the market. And by that, I mean you buy or sell. So a little bit of the pro player profile. He's a guy that has a low walk rate, 7.6% for his career. His, his barrel percentage is in the 24th percentile. So really you're getting speed out of him. His speed is in the 86th percentile. Um, he's going to give you 25, 30 stolen bases. So – I look at his 2021 when he had 30-30, and that's going to be his highest peak, right? We can say that's probably his going to be the best year of his career. Yeah. So you have to decide whether you're going to want to chase that and get close to it again because the power-speed combo is rare. But this is why I said to gauge the market. Cedric Mullins is going to get paid, whether by the Orioles or whether by another team. If he's with the Orioles, I think his value decreases. But – Let's say the the uh, Dodgers miss out on Aaron Judge and they want to get Cedric Mullins for cheaper, then I think his value goes up. So I would just say kind of monitor his his situation because if he gets traded, it's likely to a team that wants to pay him and in contention. And then I think you see his dynasty value go up because right now he's between I'd say fifteen to twenty home runs and you know. You don't want to just rely on someone for stolen bases because that can go down anytime. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, how long is how much longer does he have um, on the Orioles? Like, I think what, he, or what does contract status has I, now? I I think he has one more year under control. Um, let me check that real quick. And the reason why I asked, do we think the um, – because I'm, I'm bringing up his baseball savant page now. I mean, he hits – okay, so all of his home runs are to right field. So, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, the, the left field wall being pushed back didn't really mean too much to him. Um, but Yeah, I, I mean, think the ball was a bigger difference. That's Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's he's in arbitration the next couple of years. He wouldn't be an unrestricted free agent until 2026 when he's 31 years old. But I do think they get something done sooner rather than later. Uh, Jasper saying Mullins, my guy, give me some 30, 30 seasons. That'd be, oh, that'd be great. So these are the, the trade candidates I had for Cedric Mullins. If you're looking to sell high now, O'Neill Cruz, okay. you trade an improvement vet for kind of a, a young guy, Brendan Donovan, and maybe like, I wouldn't do it straight up, but if you could get like Brendan Donovan and like a, I don't know, Gavin Lux. Or like a Nolan Gorman, like one of those young Cardinals prospects that maybe doesn't have the playing time carved out, but has done well in the minors. Brendan um, Donovan from the Cardinals? Yeah, like if you could get Brendan Donovan and someone else. I, I, I view Brendan Donovan higher because of his multi-position eligibility. Okay. Okay. I, I don't like Donovan that much. So. Um, if I was a, if I was trying to get a pitcher, I would try to get Hunter Brown. You know, Good. one, one injury to the Astros rotation. And he's probably locked in a starting role. And we saw from the postseason that he can be very effective. I know we've talked him up a lot on the show. I mean, would you guys do that? Trade Mullins for Hunter Brown? I'm higher on Mullins, man. I would need like a like a Max Freed or like a um, Carlos Rodon or like a Tyler Glass now. 
You know, I like I'm shooting that high for him because I mean those stolen bases are hard to find. His sprint speed's in the 80th percentile. Um, mm-hmm. He has no problem running, um, and I think he's he can get more than what he had 10 home runs last year. It's 16. Mm-hmm. 16. Okay, so that's I think that's about right. Um, but and I wanted to ask you this, Doc. Uh, would you rather for let's say if you're contending, him Cedric Mullins or George Springer? Mullins. I can't. I can't rely on Springer's availability. I, I agree. I agree. What about this? I think I actually. I already know the answer to this. Him or Nolan, Nolan Arenado? Dynasty. I mean, for the next for the next season, I'd say Arenado. Two years after, I'll take Mullins. What about Dynasty? Right now, you, you're you're looking at your list, and Arenado's there. Mullins is there. I mean, I'm taking Arenado because also third base is a little bit more of a shallow <laughs> it didn't matter. But but I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Mullins is going to give you that speed. I just think. We've seen two really good years out of him, and the fact that he's 28 right now, I don't like banking just on this this sole fact of the speed long term. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying like you could sell him high, but all like if you have him now, you're holding him. But I can see a situation where you're also looking to buy low or potentially sell high on him. I'm gonna do one more: Brian Reynolds or Cedric Mullins dynasty starting now. Cedric Mullins because Brian Reynolds ain't getting traded. There we go. And David's on You're mute. You're on mute, buddy. David's on mute. Doesn't realize that. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. I just coughed so good. They didn't even hear that. Um, let's then move to the Red Sox. Our last player here, LC. Who is that? You forget that Rafael Devers is 26 years old. He's I don't forget for- that. Yeah. He's I forgot. Been around- he's been around forever, it feels like. And he's still younger than Cedric Mullins. He's still younger than Corbin Burns. He's still younger than so many of these players who who feel like they've just popped up since Devers has been around. He's 26. Um, he and, and I don't know why I had this impression that he had a bit of a disappointing season in 2022. His home runs dropped by 11. <laughs> if you were looking for that power, it, it did drop. But his WRC plus went up by seven points. So his his contributions were actually considered better compared to the league. His batting average went up from 279 to 295. His slugging was pretty much the same. Um, I, and his stat cast was remarkably consistent from 2021 to 2022. I think in my, in my mind, uh, his, where he should, where you have him it only reason he's dropped a little bit. I think he's still a top 10 or 15 player as far as dynasty uh, assets go. Um, where he is has only dropped because he's one year older than he was at the beginning of this year. I think he kept his value. He was still very good. I think if you're going to trade him for a pitcher, for you have to get an ace. It has to be an Alcantara, Burns, and McClanahan. Those are the only pitchers that would be worth it for him. Uh, otherwise, I think you just hold him. Third base is a good position to have a stud like Devers. And I think that he's just going to keep on chugging along, keep on chuglin, as uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival would say. He's just going to keep on chuglin um, because he, he's, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. He really is. And again, somebody that you look at most dynasty lists, he's not going to be far outside the top 20. Fantrax has him as number 16, and I believe he is the second third base, third third baseman behind Bobby Witt and Jose Ramirez. So very much still a great 
young asset does a lot of everything. So make sure, um, I don't think his values changed much over the last year or two, but a great cornerstone for your roster. Marty, last Blues Jays player. Let's do it. We've already talked about him a little bit. Alec Manoa, 24-year-old starting pitcher. Uh, he's a finalist for the AL Cy Young this year. He won't win, but you know he had a really good season. Uh, 16 wins, 2.24 ERA. He pitched 196.2 innings. Um, that's ninth overall. So he's a workhorse out there. He's he was fifth in wins overall. Um, he does a great job limiting hard contact. And the the big slight on him, especially for fantasy, is that his strikeout percentage is an elite. You know, it's in the 50th percentile. Um, to put some context to that, it's at 22.9. Um, but what he doesn't do with um, an elite K percentage, he makes up for it in volume. So I mean, he's a beast. They talk they, uh, the sleeper in the bus. You know, they said he's he's got the dog inside of him. You know, he's one of those guys. He's a top eight dynasty pitcher overall for me. Maybe tops, maybe seventh. Um, so. I'm holding on to him pretty much in any type of um, any type of situation. I don't see a reason to get rid of him. If you're like in a win now, and you need somebody, um, or if you need a batter, you know, I'm probably going to go for like a Francisco Lindor, uh, maybe even a Jazz Chisel, you know, because he's he's pretty young as well. Um, I would sh- my first and tell me if I'm crazy, but I would try to move Manoa for Mike Trout. Do you think that's is Mike Trout too much at this? It, but, you know, what, what do you guys think there? That would that'd be like my pie in the sky. Like, if I have Manoa and I want, I'm going to go get a guy. I'm going to go after Mike Trout. Do you think that's possible or do you think you have to sweeten it up a little bit? I think you have to sweeten it up. Um, if I have Mike Trout, I'm not making that trade. Okay. Let's see. Who 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 could we add to it to to get you there? We just need like a lower tier pitcher to, to kind of add on. Like maybe him, Mike Trout and – or uh, No, no, I'm saying the other way. Like if I have Mike Trout, like I would need more than Manoa. Okay, so what about Mike Trout and, or um, Manoa and Cedric Mullins? Oh yeah, that's a smash except. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a smash except for me. I'm, I'm looking at like a realistic offer potentially. Um, say you offer Alec Manoa and Alec Manoa and Pete Alonso, I would do. Alec Manoa. Mike Trout, of course you would. Okay, I'll, I'll go deeper then. I'll go deeper. What about O'Neill Cruz? Manoa and O'Neill Cruz for Trout. Yeah, I would do that. What about Alec Manoa and Tyler O'Neill? No. I don't like Tyler O'Neill personally. Okay. What did he do to you, David? No, I, that was a weird way of putting it. <laughs> I, I don't like him as a player personally. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the Manoa is going to be a beast over the next three years. He's getting out of, they're going to have more balanced schedules. So, you know, less AL East ballparks, less Yankees, less Red Sox, less seeing the Rays. So I think, um, he has the potential to even have a better season next year. Dude, I got one more for you. Okay. Alec Manoa and Stephen Kwan. No. Okay. Uh, let's, I'll touch on the Rays one real quick because I know we have to touch on the Yankees is Randy Orozarena was, I feel like, the last easy one of the three to talk on. And this is a guy that every single year of his career has outperformed his his metrics. I mean, especially his, like, if you look at his expected batting average, uh, through all different types of pitches, even if you accumulate them all, he always outperforms them. Always has a high BABIP, uh, a guy that you look at his numbers and they've been very consistent just year after year. Uh, this is a guy, like, that, you know, obviously came on the scene with the Rays in the playoffs and like, you're like, oh, this guy's the man. But the last two years, full seasons, 
20 home runs in both seasons, uh, 69 RBIs in 2021, 89 RBIs in 2022, stole 20 bases in 2021, upped it to 32 this year, caught stealing a bunch of double digit caught stealings in both years, uh, which makes you think, oh, the Rays, maybe they're not going to let him run if he gets caught that much, but they're still letting him run. This is a guy that seems like to me is just ultimately locked in to you would expect a, a floor of maybe 15 home runs, a ceiling of, uh, you know, maybe like 25. It seems like that 15 to 25 home run range, he's going to give you about 20 steals plus, and he's going to give you like a 270, 260 batting average. His two batting averages combined is pretty much like in the high 260s. So I think we know what he is. I don't think he's going to change very much positively or negatively for the next few years. And it just comes down to, if you want somebody like that on your team, uh, you know, if you're if you're rebuilding, maybe he's a, a piece that you give away because he's not going to really help you much in that situation. And if you're a team that's contending, then you're like, hey, you know what? He might be enough to push me over the edge in stolen bases uh, that I'm missing. Or maybe you know what? I need a guy. I need 20 home runs uh, from a player. Uh, like that's. I don't look at him as a good rebuilding asset. I look at him as a more, hey, I'm missing a piece for my contending team. Uh, so let me get him there. That, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, but I think he's a very steady guy, as we've seen. It, it's, he's kind of a, a wild player, but I think his stats at the end of the year are going to be very consistent to what we can expect from him. Uh, let's go talk about the Yankees really quick. And we're going to have three players, and you three divided up the three we were going to talk about tonight since we don't have a guest. So we'll go back to you, Doc. Who's the first player? <laughs> Jasper says you could skip the Yankees. Uh, I wish we could, Jasper, but we got to represent all the guys here. Uh, so go ahead, Doc. I'm talking about Garrett Cole. So just any guesses of how old Garrett Cole is? 29. 30.8. 32. R's right at 32. So it's interesting because I thought he was a little bit older. I thought he was 34. Just kind of shows you the wide variety of ages that we all think Garrett Cole is. This is a guy that's thrown 200-plus innings in five out of his six last full seasons, obviously not counting the 2020 uh, shortened season. And the one year he didn't, he threw 181. So this is a guy that's been highly durable. Um, But you look at his 2022, he had a 32.4% K rate, which was the lowest of his career. Um, He had a 6.3 walk rate, which is the highest in the last four years. He had a 4.12 ERA in the second half. He had a 1.48 home runs per nine, which is the highest of in uh, in a full season for him. And something that I guess is a little bit concerning for me is he upped his fastball usage from 47.1 to 51.9%. Now, that doesn't matter right now because he actually threw slightly faster, his fastball from 97.7 to 97.8%. But the minute he starts losing a little bit of velocity on that fastball, I think we're going to see him give up even more home runs. And his ERA, you know, really climbing us to not see the Garrett Cole that we have been. If you have him now, you're you're holding for the next two or three years. But if you're looking to sell high, I'd look for a young pitcher. You know, maybe a Shane McClanahan one for one. Maybe you can get George Kirby and a couple other assets. If you're looking for a hitter, you know, maybe you can get uh, Raphael Devers, a Juan Soto. You know, maybe if if somebody is really really weak in the pitching department. And Garrett Cole is viewed as a top two pitcher for the next couple of years. You can make that one for one swap. But yeah, I, I think, like I said, he's, you know, I've been the Garrett, biggest Garrett Cole hater in the past. But I got to admit when he's good, but I, I don't see it holding up into his late 30s the way we see for Lander. All right. 
Fair enough then. And uh, yeah, sticky, st- <laughs> sticky stuff. Art, give us your guy you want to talk about. We're talking about Oswald Peraza, not to be confused with Oswaldo Cabrera. Both Yankees prospects got a, got a nice cup of coffee this year, but Oswald Peraza, the shortstop, came up, spent a little time uh, on the field in the in the Astros playoff series as well. Obviously, the uh, the Yankees Yankees like him now. Peraza is the same position as the very top young Yankees prospect Anthony Volpe. Um, however, Peraza is a much better defensive player at shortstop than Volpe. There's some concerns that Volpe might not stick in the at shortstop, might be a second baseman in the future. Um, so I do like Peraza as far as uh, uh, dynasty shortstops go. And one of the reasons why I really like him is because he's a good hitter. His zone contact rate was 90% in his, in his, uh, time in the big leagues in 2022 that's excellent he has good speed his speed was um in the uh 90 90 something percentile it was in the over over the 90th percentile um his speed his two expected batting average was 276 he's not going to have a high walk rate but he also doesn't have a high uh strikeout rate because of that good contact ability and i think that when he fully matures, his 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 high end maturity is double digit steals, fifteen to twenty home runs, good batting average, and good defense. So he's going to be playing a lot. Um, <coughs> I don't think that makes him a hugely valuable dynasty asset, but I do think that he is the uh, type of uh, a middle infielder um, in the future that that could provide v- value. Also, um, right now, as a young Yankees prospect projected to be a starting shortstop next season for the Yankees, I think he does have a very good value as far as a trade asset. Um, I don't exactly know. Um, I don't exactly know who, where I would place him on on a who I would trade him for. Um, did do you have him, David? I'm sorry on the on the list there. Uh, Oswald Peraza does does. Fan tracks and have him there in terms of the dynasty rankings. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I like I said, I think that he is a good major league player uh, and a decent fantasy asset. They have him um, right now is two hundred and seventy five. Okay, okay, and and at his age, twenty two on opening day, two seventy five. Clearly, they don't think that his ceiling is crazy high. And if, I, I agree if with you that. Want, um, I'm sorry if you want me to give reference. He, yeah. Right around him goes Patrick Sandoval, Ryan Helsley, Ryan McMahon, and then after him is Josh Naylor, uh, Harry Ford, Anthony Santander. Uh, that's kind of right now the range he is in. Just obviously, this is just fan tracks, but yeah, where he's ranked there. That's a. I think that's a good. That's a good reference point. I do think that there's potential for like. Um, uh, like a DJ LeMayhew. I don't know if he actually has that batting average in him, but he is like in that mold of a player where like his best season potentially is going to be like a 300 plus batting average with like 15 to 20 home runs. And that will be like his career year if he, if he reaches his full potential. Um, but I think that he has the really good chance to stick at shortstop, uh, for the Yankees. And in that lineup, if he's hitting high up, Without Judge and without Rizzo, the Yankees are 
lineup, it looks pretty sad, actually. So he could be hitting pretty high up in that lineup by the end of the season. Yeah, I'll be interested to see uh, how he does and and what plays out with that. Um, But uh, yeah, very excited to watch him play this year for the Yankees. Marty, let's go and talk about the last one on this list, and then uh, we'll get out of here for the night. All right, nasty Nestor Cortez, the beautiful mustache and all, 27-year-old left-hander for the Yanks. Um, he was one of those guys that actually looked really good in the second half of 2021, and then he carried that over into 2022. So for like a little homework assignment that everyone's doing their off-season prep, look for a guy who had a really successful second half and see if he's able to sustain that. Maybe that might be a guy you might be able to invest into for 2023 on the sneak, you know, a little bit cheaper, um, kind of will sneak up on you there. So uh, that's, that's your homework um, from uh, Marty party here. But yeah, last year went 12 and four, 2.44 ERA. His X ERA was 2.70, which is in the top 10% in the league. Um, and the biggest change that I saw looking at his picks, uh, pitch mix is that at the end of 2021, he introduced his cutter. And he made that his second pitch, and he threw it even more in 2022. He got it almost up to about a 30% uh, usage percentage. So he has six pitches. The XBA on each pitch looks really good. Real quickly, going to go through them. Four-seamer, XBA of 183. His cutter, 227. Slider, 238. Changeup, 196. Sinker, 151. And a curveball at 110. So he has a huge arsenal, you know, and they all look pretty good there. Um, if I'm contending... And I'm and I'm assuming you already have good pitching. I, I could I could see you moving on from him and trying to sell high. Uh, number one is that Yankees players, for whatever reason, they're always more valued than they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and you always have that one guy in your league who is a Yankees play, uh, Yankees fan. Always target him. And I really truly believe this is going to be the highest his value will ever be. So if you're looking to move off on him. Um, you know, I would, if you're looking for like a younger pitcher and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, um, I would shoot for like a Logan Webb, you know, I, yeah, I would like, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, he's a little bit younger. Um, I think he's 25 or Cortez is 27. Maybe, uh, Jesus Lazardo as well. I really liked his second half last year. That one's a little bit more shoddy, but again, a young mm-hmm. arm. Um, and if you're looking for a hitter, uh, Jose Miranda or, uh, Andres mm-hmm. Jimenez. I think those two guys could be a good um, a good fit if you're looking yeah. for some young young bats that uh, should be steady for years to come. I like that. Yeah, and then and that's my little segment on Nasty Nestor Cortez. All right, <laughs> great way to wrap it up here. Um, all right, well, that was the AL East. We went through 15 players tonight. As always, great analysis done by these boys here. Um, next week, we'll be covering starting to cover the National League. And we'll be looking at the National League West to kick things off with that. Uh, but for Doc, for a little cheesecake and Dr. Doom, wherever he is, and Marty Party, I'm Demendi. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.